hey, we got a big week in the NFL coming up. Thursday night kicks off Bills versus Patriots, and that's going to be followed uh, on Sunday by the Titans versus Eagles, Dolphins versus 49ers, Chiefs and Bengals, and so many more great games. Uh, Connor and I are going to be here to break it all down for you. Uh, but first, we are going to be talking about all the great quarterback play, emerging quarterback play we saw this Sunday. Connor, welcome back from your sh- short Thanksgiving intermittence. How was it? How was your break? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't really a break. I mean, you pretty much just hang out with, uh, you know, family, and it's just as tiring as being with people at work, but <laughs> high par for the course, I would say. But, uh, it's a good I thing your family does not listen to us. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's the other thing. Like, hey, if they heard me, I'd be like, I was like, ah, oh no, I'm here with my family. I wish I was not here. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, all right. So last week, I really think there was three quarterbacks that were very that were very much worth noting. Uh, number one has been a guy I've been hyping up. That was Trevor Lawrence. Uh, his comeback versus the Ravens, I thought was incredible. Uh, that last drive, he was hitting freaking perfect dimes all over the place. Uh, I don't want to say much, but I'm starting to think if Trevor Lawrence was in, or sorry, any team in the NFC would trade their current quarterback for Trevor Lawrence if they had the chance to. I thought about this one for a little bit, and the only ones that are close are Tom Brady and Kyler Murray, but I still think if given the chance, both the Cardinals and the Buccaneers move off of them and take 13 years of Trevor Lawrence. I'm not Tampa. I don't think Tampa does. All right, so the only reason I think they do, if they were... Uh, an eight or nine win team. I don't think they do it. But since their offense looks like trash right now, uh, even with Tom Brady, I'm saying, you know what? We get 13 years of Trevor Lawrence, who's starting to look hot compared to like, what, three more years of Tom Brady? Give me give me the young gun. At least he's got a little more gunslinger in him anyway. Are we talking like for this season? No, no, because... no, no, no. I'm talking like, it, at, like if you got the trade offer, would you accept it? Period. So, well, depending on how you view I, things. Here's what I would say. I'm not sure. Because that roster is built to win this year. It's they not, do not doing it about, this year, though. <laughs> but they're also still winning that crappy division. And if you take Trevor Lawrence or Tom Brady in the playoffs, because you get a playoff game, who are you taking? There's somebody that's going to get hot and win you a championship. Is it going to be Trevor Lawrence or is it going to be Tom Brady? It's going to be Tom Brady. So I would say that they're not even worried about, uh, would I maybe do it? But I'm telling you, Tampa is not. Tampa, Jason Lake does not care. Uh, he wants to win now and do it at all costs. He knows that all he has to do is get in the playoffs because he has Tom Brady. Oh, and by the way, if they get healthy on the offensive line at all, they'll be all right. Oh, by the way, Rashad White, is he good? Like, is he good at football? I wonder who said that. But, uh... I would say I would say that they wouldn't do it this year. If you're looking at it in a long-term view, it's Trevor Lawrence. That, but, that's what I'm saying. If he was in the NFC. Okay, but I just don't I don't think that I don't think that Tampa is willing to do that though. Because think about it. Think about it. After this year, you go back to uh Tom's gone. Tom's potentially gone. Let's be let's be clear. Tom's potentially gone. Lenny's gone. You potentially have some big signings that are going to leave on defense. Vita Vey, I think, is... No, he, he just signed. He's Let's not going fair. anywhere. They, like, they'd be dumb to let him go. You're going to be turning into a... That defense is still, like, the benchmark for that team right now. You don't, like... Uh, Julio, Mike Evans... Uh, Godwin. Uh, Godwin. One of those guys is going to be good in the next two or three years. Who's going to work with Trevor? He, you're kind of just starting over in two or three years. So. All right, all right. Let, let's rephrase this. If someone called Jacksonville from the NFC, they would have to give their quarterback plus draft compensation to get Trevor Lawrence off that team. Sure. Yeah, I mean, he's the generational talent of the last decade. Oh, he's the best, best quarterback prospects is Andrew Luck. <laughs> uh, you know, all right. that was my impression of of uh, 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 who's the guy? Oh, big hair, glasses. Not. Uh, um, oh my goodness! You know who I'm talking about? The draft guy. 
Oh, Mel Kiper. Todd McShay. Mc- Mel Kiper. Not Todd McShay. Oh, he's the greatest. He's the greatest guy of the quarterbacks since Andrew Luck. Oh, oh my goodness. He's the first round. That, like, I would give up all my picks for him in the first round. So, I mean, he is. I just. Give one game, Phil. Hey, I, mean, I have been all in on Trevor Lawrence for a while now. I think in the preseason, I put him as, like, my number, like, seven or eight quarterback. If I if I started a team, I would take him at seven or eight. Yeah, yeah, but, like... And my point <laughs> is, after that game, I am so convinced that I was right because it's confirming what I want to be true that I'm moving him up. He is now my number five or awesome. number six quarterback I would take. Only, Dude, pe- only people... Only people ahead of him would be Mike White, Mike White, and Mike White. <laughs> Moving on to the next quarterback that you've talked about, Mike White. Go on, continue with that. Mike White. With that Ready? Last week on this show, you weren't here, and all I said is, we didn't know, we knew Zach Wilson was benched when we recorded, and I said, they better start Mike White. If they do, I am all in on the Jets to be a playoff team and get their butt kicked in the playoff because their quarterback's not good. That's another team. I mean, if the Jets were in the NFC with Mike White, I would love them as like a wild card, sneaky NFC. Like, like, oh, Mike White gets hot, they make a Super Bowl run. There aren't good quarterbacks in the NFC. Is is my real main point. <laughs> I get it, but I'm saying Mike White. I, I've watched. I watched two games. I watched because Mike White thrashed the Bengals last year. I remember because I took Bengals like minus eight because Mike White was starting and he thrashed them. And so he my did. Point well, was, well, well, wait a minute. I think the Bengals were up like 28 10 in that game and then they blew it. I, uh, there was, yeah, but Mike White threw him back in. Yeah, I'm, I'm Mike saying. White has started like five games and I think he had one like atrocious game. The rest have been like pretty good. So the way we talk about Taylor Heineke is the way we need to also talk about Mike White. Seriously. I mean, I. Uh, you guys, they're they're both comparable and can take you. I to the playoffs. I Those 100% are good percent agree that they are um good enough to win games, and they throw enough risky balls that uh like you can get positive very like like I can throw a fifty fifty ball and if my guy catches it, this is what Joe Flacco did and Eli Manning did on their Super Bowl runs. They just chucked it. And their guy caught it, and they ended up winning Super Bowls because of it. And I think uh, both Mike White and both of those guys have a, have that wild card factor to them. Yeah, both of those guys are not guys that will win you the game, though. They are, and that's fine. Those de- those teams are built around their defenses. We just talked about that. Commanders are top ten ish defense, maybe even better. And if you're talking about Mike White, the Jets' defense have two <laughs> shutdown corners. It, that's a, that's a, a top three defense. It is well-coached, so, and it is well-manned. So you need Mike White to do exactly what he did last week, which was distribute the ball, and you need Taylor Heineke to not turn the ball. Even, even Taylor Heineke can turn the ball over. You saw him do it against Philly. He chucked one up. Uh, and they still won the game because, they, A, they have a really good defense. And guess what? Dude's going to come back and throw a beautiful ball to Terry McLaurin on the next the next uh, uh, drive to get him into field goal range or something like that. It feel, they got points on that drive. So I, I am on the Taylor Heineke, Mike White train. Can they be franchise quarterbacks? Probably not. Are you going to go into the draft potentially if a uh, if, uh, – you know, Bryce Young somehow fell. He won't. But no, if, no, no. Who's, Bryce, who's that Tennessee quarterback? That's the guy you risk. You, he's that 24-year-old well, guy who's looking like a solid yeah. pocket pat, like, you know, a solid. And like, hooker, but he blew out his knee two weeks ago, so. Well, that, that's the guy yeah. that falls, and you're like, I'll take a chance on him. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's fair. Hendon hooker, he looked really good for a long. He was going to win the Heisman probably. But, uh, or, or. Wait two gra- two drafts from now because the quarterbacks are in those in that draft is way in that way better. Got the kid from USC. Got the kid from North Carolina. Uh, you potentially have Texas as quarterback. You got Spencer Rattler. You got four top guys, and if you suck next year, 
tank and go get one of those guys and replace them. They're replaceable. They don't have huge contracts. You're not going to get a bunch of flack for it. So, hey, you can hold out. Let it ride. Maybe even get to the 24 draft. So, I heard the PFF guys talking about how good Caleb Williams is. And they said the Texans should take... um, the ed- uh, an edge rusher from Alabama. I can't remember his name. I, I don't do Will draft Anderson. stuff right now. Um, Will Anderson. Yeah, they should take Will Anderson, tank next year, and get Caleb Williams. And essentially, like, it's not that CJ Stroud, Bryce Young aren't that great. Maybe, maybe I got news backwards. Yeah. But, like, like those, are, those are good top-end picks in a draft. It's just that Caleb Williams yeah. is supposed to be that much better next year. <laughs> yeah, he's the only guy that would draw comparisons to Pat Mahomes. So he's a more athletic. Well, I shouldn't say that. Kyler Murray's a freak athlete, but he's a, he doesn't play like Kyler. He plays more like Pat because he's he's like a little bit more athletic than Holmes. He's definitely a lot more athletic than Holmes, but he's not nearly Kyler's. He's not nearly Kyler's uh, athletic ability, but. He moves in the pocket and can scramble like Pat Mahomes. Tyler does things that are just like he's so incredibly quick and he'll run read options. Caleb Williams doesn't really run read options. I watched two of his games this year. He just has an absolute laser of an arm. And I'm talking like Pat Mahomes, like stronger than Kyler. Like we're talking flicks the ball 60 yards down the field. Uh... He he he's generational. I would I would say if there was if there was a guy that's going to be talked about in the same breath as Trevor Lawrence and Andrew Luck, it's going to be Caleb Williams. It's not going to be Bryce or CJ. All right, so let's move on then to the last quarterback that made noise last week. Jordan Love came in for the Packers, uh-huh. and actually, in the it was the first time he ever like, looked comfortable playing quarterback. I don't know. I, I think we've saw, we saw him his – was it his rookie year? We saw him come in for a few snaps. And then last year we saw him against the Chiefs, and that looked horrendous, even with Devontae Adams on the field. Well, he went against the Eagles. Eagles have a good defense, good pass rush, great corners. And he moved the ball productively. It was kind of garbage time, but he made it a one-score game. I mean, 6 of 9 for 113 yards when Christian Watson did, like, 60 yards of work on his own. Um, I'm just like a catch it. I'm faster than you, but it, it looked, he looked way more comfortable commanding the offense. So it raised the question, uh, do you sit Aaron Rodgers, or at what point do you sit Aaron Rodgers to get a look at what you have? And then potentially, you know, like the, the, the overreaction sports talk today is where's Aaron Rodgers getting traded to this off season, which I think let's hold the phone and let's see if Jordan Love can play, you know, in the last two or three weeks of the season. Uh, but I, I think there's about 200 million reasons why you wouldn't trade Aaron Rodgers that you just happened to, like, they just came into play in, like, <laughs> August of last year. So I would say there's about 200 million reasons why you won't trade him. And I would say, let's hold the horses on Jordan Love. You know, I would say you could make the over overreaction. I'll name drop for you. There's a guy by the name of Matt Flynn. You remember Matt Flynn? Six touchdown Matt Flynn got paid a ton of money to go watch Russell Wilson. <laughs> so Rookie let's be very rounder. careful. And ironically, ironically, that was the same Green Bay Packers. So there's a good name drop for the podcast listeners that they probably need to go Google. Uh, was Matt Flynn came in and blew up somebody for six touchdowns. Lions, last game of the year. Got a, like, 15 to $30 million contract. Something in those range, in that range. To go next year, watch Pete Carroll replace him before the season even started with a third or fourth round pick named Russell Wilson. And that's it. That's all you knew. That's it. That's done. So, I would say, yes, he's a first round pick. He's going to get a lot more attention, especially with the backlash that they got for drafting him. Uh, I, I liked what I saw, but, man, what did we see? We saw 
comfortable in the offense that he's been in now for two years. Three. He saw three. three years. Yeah, even worse, three years. We saw a laser of an arm and an accurate arm and a strong arm. Great. Good. And we saw semi-athletic. He escaped the pocket. He looked more uh, Aaron Rodgers had good escapability, but he looked more athletic. He looked younger. And, and Aaron Rodgers, it's easy to do. Oh, dead. 38, 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> but, you know, when do you pull the plug? When do you actually see it? When you're out of the playoffs. If you are mathematically out of the playoffs, let it rip. See what he's got. Give him full games. And give him the coaching of Aaron Rodgers. Let Aaron Rodgers coach him. Don't worry about... It. Aaron would somehow turn the tables against you anyway. Like, oh, I'm, yeah, you're replacing him next year. He'll just create a circus on the side. Make it well known that when Aaron's back, you let him go. And he's the starter. But and and have Lafleur come out and say it so Aaron doesn't you know poop his pants in the off season. But see what you have after you're mathematically eliminated. But don't pull your starters. Play Aaron Jones. Play AJ Dillon. Play Christian Watson. Get some chemistry. Don't go. Don't do this whole scorched earth. Everyone's a backup thing. Don't do that. Give a real shot to him. Um, to that play sport. To that point, I had something and it's all gone. <laughs> all right. With that out of the way, let's uh, a couple of listener questions. Number one, uh, similar topic on football teams, then we'll go over the fantasy question. Uh, so last week, two weeks ago, we talked about teams, uh, you know, Super Bowl teams that were, you know, expecting to see who's a wild card kind of team. Um, and... We were, it was pointed out that we didn't mention the Bengals at all. Hometown teams for us. Uh, they made the Super Bowl last year. Been looking good. Uh, do you think they're a Super Bowl team, a Super Bowl caliber team again? And I guess, has there anyone that's been popped up recently that you might be interested in? The Bengals can get streaky hot. I, I, I think the jig is up, though, that Zach Taylor is going to torpedo that team. <laughs> Period. I, 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 there's not enough Joe Burrow, luck, magic, whatever you want to call it, to not torpedo that team. There's going to be a definitive decision that he is going to make that is... They'll get into the playoffs. Let's, let's be very clear. They'll get into the playoffs. They may even win a game. But when it comes down to going against elite coaches and elite coaching decisions, Zach Taylor will not be making it. Zach Taylor will run Joe Mixon when he needs to pass to Jamar Chase or T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd. He's going to drop back Joe Burrow and get him murdered because his offensive line is still not very good. They are not a... It was not a fluke last year because I think there was a lot of skill. There was a little bit of luck. But Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins led them to the Super Bowl. There is a very, very slim chance that they repeat that. I'm sorry. I love the Bengals. I love Joe Burrow. I believe in Joe Burrow. I don't believe in Zach Taylor. Period. That's it. That's it. So I'm with you that they are definitely someone who can outscore anyone in the playoffs. If they, if they got matched up against the Chiefs and beat them 41-35 or something crazy, like I'm not surprised because the fact – that, you know, Jamar Chase, and then the thing, I think the thing our show has been most right about is how good T. Higgins is. I just really want to emphasize that, because <laughs> the last two weeks have been the perfect, like, sum- summation of why we hyped up T. Higgins. They couldn't run the ball. They needed someone to turn to. He's the only guy, and it was, like, nine catches, 130 yards, and then a touchdown. Two weeks in a row. And it was when he was the whole offense. And they needed it in both those games. Now, the week before that, like, he had seven catches for 60 yards when Joe Mixon goes off for five touchdowns. You don't need him to do anything. But it was like, nothing's working. Everyone knows we're going to T. Higgins, and they can't stop it. Absolutely love that we got that right. 
But the only the only one that wasn't was okay mm-hmm. was the game that they were getting blown out. I think by like Miami or the Browns. It was or it was the Browns on Monday Night Football when nothing yeah. worked anywhere for the team. So so get that one off. It, three out of four. Yeah, I mean, come on. Also, Jamar Chase was ruled out on Thursday of that week, so it really it ruins it ruins an entire game plan. But anyways, yeah. uh, now the problem with the Bengals this year is they have. Two good corners. Mike Hilton. Mike Hilton is a slot corner. He cannot guard outside. But yeah. Chidobia Wouzier is their only good cover guy on the outside. Teams with a receiver are just going to torch him. Stephon Diggs yeah. is going to make him look silly. Uh, Eli Apple is going to be Eli Apple, which is just greatly <laughs> terrible. Like, to be clear, uh, the reason Cooper Cup had his 80 yards and two touchdowns was 100 they were all on Eli Apple. He he roasted Eli. And Odell Beckham Jr had his 70 yards and a touchdown on Eli Apple. It was pathetic in the Super Bowl. So, it I they're good. Their offensive line is bad, but it is way better than last year, which is humiliating. Yeah. Uh and then like they have a good defense, but they just they need a corner. They and, and they, I would believe in them more. And like you said, also Zach Taylor is going to tank them. They're not going to have Patrick Mahomes have his worst half of football ever in the NFL in the AFC Championship game again. So I'm with you. I am out on them. Um, no one else is really standing out in the last couple of weeks that moved up into my like. There, there's fun teams. Like I said, I, I said the Ch- Commanders last week, and that was just because like the NFC is so bad. You get a wild card. You get a wild QB throwing 50-50 balls to good receivers with a good defense. Uh, but yeah, for the most part. I'm sticking with uh, the people we said previously. I think it's like the Bills, the Chiefs, the Dolphins, the Eagles, uh, and there might there's a oh, 49ers. And, I said you know, I said the Chargers if they ever got a defense healthy, and they won. They won this past week on a you know on Justin Herbert, but or basically on his back, which was a surprise. But they still don't have what are they seven and five? I think. I mean, they got to have something go right on defense. Oh, yeah, yeah. They won a last second versus Kyler Murray. And that's ironically, ironically, because the they went for two on Brandon Staley's, you know, just analytics, and it worked out for them. So Okay, okay, listen. All right, you go to overtime, you have a 50-50 chance of getting the coin toss and scoring. What do you think the odds of you getting two yards are? I'd say it's a lot better than trusting the coin. I'd rather have the ball completely in my control. I would say I liked that decision more than I liked Trevor Lawrence's decision. Oh, I agree. I think I think the Ravens looked like they were reeling a little bit, and the Jaguars looked in control of that game. But, however, I'm not going to argue with someone who says... Two yards to win the game, I'll take my chances. Especially with a team that's, will, that, that's under 500, I think it gives them a good uh, ego boost, even if you don't get it. Yeah, I, I agree with that, but I would say I would take the Chargers' decision to go for it better because I just told you, Chargers' defense sucks. That too. And <laughs> James Conner, a volume-based, bet a little bit better Najee Harris, had 140 yards on him, so... Dude, uh, Chargers spent so much money on that defense just to watch it suck. They need Joey Bosa back. Hopefully that will give it some life. All right. Uh, I think that... Oh, no, no, sorry. Fantasy question. Uh, We got five guys. Pick three. Um, It's for my friend Nate. He is currently sixth. He's in the last playoff spot um, in our work league. So anyways, mm-hmm. Mike Evans, Zay Jones, Cortland Sutton, Traylon Burks, Terry McLaurin. Who are you taking? Uh, I'm taking Mike Evans. All right, so let me back up. So you got a, a sneak peek. Nate, I think we have been pretty vocal on this show when we have covered fantasy topics. I, I have been. I'm pretty sure Phil is also in on this. I am buying volume. I'm not buying touchdowns. From wide receivers, let's be very, very clear. I'm buying volume with wide receivers. I'm not buying touchdowns because touchdowns come and go. But I'm buying guys that are going to get targets. And if they can be targets in good offenses, I'm in over any other metric. So 
That being said, I'm taking Mike Evans because he has the guy hasn't had less than I think like seven targets like all year. He had nine last week, but he had two catches. Fine, you'll have some dud games like that. If I'm gonna get nine more passes from Tom Brady, and I don't care that Godwin had 14 targets either, Tom still passed the ball 50 times a game. So all I'm caring about is being volume and. If you watch those, if you watch the game against the Browns, Mike Evans had probably, of those nine, he probably had four go routes, five go routes, where he's just saying, and two of them got, I think, pass interference calls. Two of them um, would have ended the game if Tom didn't overthrow him. They, the, we're bu- talking, the Buccaneers we're, win if, they, if, they're, if he has a good ball. So Mike Evans is going to be working on that with Tom Brady all week this week. And they're going to go after it. I'm taking uh, Terry McLaurin. Again, another guy. Yes, it's not the great offense, but he has blown out the water of anybody else. Curtis Samuel was a flash in the pan at the beginning of the year. They paid him. He's getting all of the targets, including the value targets, the deep ones, and around the goal line. Fine. He made, he's not that large. As a, as a big wide receiver, but he, Terry McLaurin is going... They're running the offense as a passing offense through Terry McLaurin. Uh, let's see. Terry McLaurin had, in his last four or five games, six targets, seven targets, 11 targets, nine targets, eight targets. And that's in a bad offense. So I'm buying that volume. And then, finally, I, I'm telling you, man, I, I'm not... I'm not... <clears throat> I'm not in on Zay Jones or Burks yet. As bad and I don't... Oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm saying this. I hate the Denver Broncos. Hate them. I'm still another guy who's going to get tons of volume and tons of targets is going to be Cortland Sutton. And he's also 6'4 and 215. I'm not convinced in Ryan, Ryan Tannehill is going to continue to target Burks because he still targets Robert Woods about the same clip. And they are going to feed the ball to Derrick Henry 30 times a game. Play is potentially not going to be in their favor. They're going to just control the ball. And I know you love Jacksonville, but Zay Jones, flash in the, potentially a flash in the pan. There are time. Marvin Jones had a decent game this past week, and their their guy is still Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk still had eight or nine targets. Remember that. Christian Kirk still had eight or nine targets this week. If you're betting that you have Christian Kirk to get eight or nine targets every week, or Zay Jones to get eight or nine targets every week, I'm taking Christian Kirk. So I'm going to take Evans, McLaurin, and I'm going to take Sutton. Because for the love of God, at some point, Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos are going to have to pass the ball, and they're going to have to pass the ball a lot. So, All right. I'm going Evans, McLaurin. Like, they're the two best. You, you trust the talent, and the upside is there. They, Like you said, they get the value deep targets. But then between the last three, Traylon Burks is playing against the Eagles. They have Darius Slay at corner. He's going to shut him down. He's not even going to play football. Uh, Cortland Sutton. I just don't trust the Broncos' office, like you said. But then the Jags are playing the Lions in what I think could be just a high-scoring shootout-style game. So, I'm going with Zay Jones simply because I like the upside there. I mean, Sutton, what are you hoping for? 60 yards and a touchdown? Zay Jones can get... It's a... I think it's half PPR league. Zay Jones could end with 10 catches in the in this game just because of the passing volume. He's the, uh, like, Kirk, Christian Kirk's the deep threat. Marvin Jones is the 50-50 ball guy. And Zay Jones is the underneath guy. So I'm just sticking with Zay Jones here just because I don't like Sutton and uh, Burks. I, I told him to play Burks last week, and that did work out because Traylon Burks fell on Derrick Henry's 80 yards. Hey, okay, but he also still had four, I think he... Had six or seven targets, mm-hmm. and he had four and 70. Yeah. He is a guy that I would say, if I was going to flip, I would flip to Burks versus uh, so Jones. You're, you're, so Jones is number five for you on this list. Yes. Okay, well, 
I disagree, and that, like, I, the only reason I disagree, like I said, is it's the game script. It's not even the guy, it's not the offense. It is. And we're talking, oh, you're talking about just one week, is what you're saying. Yeah. You're not saying for the rest of the year. Correct. I, Who are you starting? I'm still, I'm more or less thinking the rest of the year, but. This is, this is I, starting. Thinking, Come on. I'm still thinking, I, I, I still. Ah, oh, man. I just think you're if if you don't throw the ball all of a sudden you're it's a waste. Now what do, what I what do I know? Hackett's complete garbage. He's the biggest silver. Sp- I will continue to say this: he is the biggest silver spoon coach that's ever happened and ever lived. He should not be there. He's got there because of his dad. Like, can you figure it out? No. Do they have a most basic offense? No. Do you have a six foot four, two hundred and twenty five pound receiver that runs a four four? Yes, throw him the football. So volume, I think is there. All right. By the way, by the way, Amon Ross St. Brown. I told you, I told you, volume and targets. The guy has not had less in a healthy game. I do not think he's had less than seven targets. He's been averaging eight, nine, ten, and eleven targets. Over the last six weeks. And you know what? Come on. They got to start working DeAndre Swift in more. It's hurting my fantasy team. (laughs) Jamal Williams. Good Lord. All right. Now let's get to the part of the show that everyone comes here for. The part where we make our picks. Because it is just straight money. All right. So on the year, Connor and I still looking great. Uh, I'm at 61% and you're at 56%. uh, Hitting well. I had a monster week last week going 7-1. and Uh, I think you were three and three, so yeah. So you know, skating by, not hurting anyone, but not helping. This week's gonna be a lot better though, and it's gonna be a lot better because of this this big pick you have. You've been hyping it up. <laughs> who's, who's your smash play of the week? <laughs> All right, so man, I I don't I don't really know how. Well, okay, I do know how, but I'm taking the Thursday night game. I'm telling you, I, I, I don't believe, hmm, I don't believe, I hate Mac Jones. All right, let's be real. I don't like Mac Jones. I don't care that he had a good game last week. I, I care that Josh Allen is healthy. Caveat, if, if he gets hurt, I'm going to cry, but it doesn't matter for your picks. Once the game starts, it's over. He's healthy. He's going to play tomorrow. I'm taking Josh Allen minus four. And that's why I said Josh Allen minus four. I, I I don't care that they have Judon. I don't care that they have Belichick. Uh, I just think we continue to keep trying to find things wrong with the Bills. And the reality is, they're gonna. I, I truthfully think that they're gonna be in the in the end. They're going to be versus the Chiefs again. They're gonna have to go against them again in a shootout. And by the way, Phil, how did that go earlier this year? Was it? Did you win that pick, or did I win that pick? Was it the Bills that time, too? I'm, I'm, I'm going to emphasize this. If it comes down to it again, I'm picking Patrick Mahomes every time. <laughs> Anyways, Josh Allen again. So that was my smash play that time, and I'm, I'm going to take Allen again. I think four is really small. I, don't, I, I'm, I just wonder why this is so this, – this has to be an overreaction to Mac. I have, Plain and simple. It I have has to no be an idea what this is because the Patriots are what? They're six and they're, they're, are they six and five or seven and five? Can't remember. They're seven and five. Uh, six. Yeah. Anyway, they're above five hundred, but they're around five hundred. Let's put it that way. I wanted to pick this game, and I, I let you have it. There, there's other games. We'll, I'll, I'll be on the same pick with you, but it's like I, I I don't get why people like the Patriots. They're that team. They can beat. The teams that are well coached, right? Because they, I mean, they're disciplined and they play to their opponents. Blah, 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 blah. But like when a team is good, they're going to smack around the Patriots. <laughs> That's the bottom line. So I don't know how, this, I don't know how this is that way. Yeah. Uh, Especially with like I, a Buffalo, Buffalo team that plays, you know, Mike Tyson football, where they, they like, if they beat you, they're going to smack you in the ooh. mouth and put up 80. They swing, yep. and that's why yep. I, also, I have the over here, too, because I think that they do put up a ton of points. I think this hits. I mean, I think this ends up being something like a 28 to, like, uh, 17 game, maybe even a 35 to 17 type game. You know, I, I think they put up 28-plus in this game. 
and I think you may get some garbage time from Mac at the end. Um, but I, very, very much, I, I think this is way too small. I, I don't know why we continue to keep harping on Josh Allen. Why? Because he throws interceptions? Fine. So did Favre. So did... So did Elway. So did, honestly, so does Patrick Mahomes. People forget that. Patrick Mahomes had some really ugly ones in the playoffs over the last couple of years. Well, he, we forget like, about those things. Last year, Mahomes had that three-week stretch where he looked like garbage. Like, he looked like, oh, no, what are we going to do? Last year, Josh Allen had the same thing. They lost 9-6 to six to the Jaguars last year. Yeah. It, it, it yeah. happens. Josh Allen, it's, it's the he's NFL. had a couple bad games this year. He's had a couple bad games this year. And people are still nitpicking him for that. Uh, I think this is a total, I don't think, uh, I think you have, like, for example, you've got a ton of talent on the Lions that can't be coached well because Campbell is just a great leader. He's not a good coach. Belichick would ruin him and did ruin them this year, 35-0 to or 25-0, to 28-0. Blew them out. Buffalo Bills have a great coach and a just as much, if not more, talent they are not going to get blown out, and I think they're going to flip the script. Also, on... teams have been beating the, have made the Bills look bad by throwing on them. Amon Ross St. Brown had a great game. Amari Cooper yeah. with the Browns had a great game two weeks ago. And you know what? People want the Patriots to throw. They're like, hey, take the ball out of your running back's hands and let's see if you can beat us. So I... We're going to load the box. <laughs> We're going to have Mac attack beat us. 380 by last the way, week, no one cares. He had like 100 yards. Is like one of his leading receivers was Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah. Check down, check down, check down, check down. Stop gassing him up like he was completing down the field passes. You know, one of the, I would say, and I, I we need to look up this stat. I would say that Patrick Mahomes probably checks down one of the least in the NFL. Be my guess. I, I would be willing to bet that. So my point is. Patrick Mahomes is doing that without checking down. Mac Jones is going to get 300 yards and 150 of them maybe check downs. That's not it. That ain't it. I'm telling you. All right. Here we go. My smash play of the week. Game I spoke about to start. I said Dolphins versus 49ers is an exciting game. It's probably the game of the week. It should be slotted in Sunday night football, and I'm mad it's not. But I'm going with the underdogs here. Plus four. In the battle of... Same exact offense, creator versus protege kind of thing going on. You have the old bull versus the young calf. And I am buying that Tua Tagovailoa can be a better game manager in the Shanahan offense and make it work more effectively than Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, last week, the 49ers only put up 13 points. Come on. You have all these weapons, and two weeks ago, we, the, everyone was all excited. It clicked. CMC looked great. George Kittle looked great. Brandon Ayuk, yay, it was so fun. And then, la- and then last week, it was all back to normal for them. Their defense is very, very good. However, they haven't played good offenses. I think I saw a stat where it's their offensive opponents is bottom four in DO- DVOA, if you look at like the averages, and Dolphins are a top seven offense in that. So I am over here absolutely hyping uh I get I get four points. Shanahan is not a we, we talk about all the time. He's a brilliant mastermind. He is not a good close game coach. This is gonna be a close game. Uh I think the Dolphins, even if they lose, it's not gonna be by more than a field goal. Uh this is uh Kyle Shanahan loves to run the clock out when he gets a lead in a game like this. He doesn't like to trust Jimmy Garoppolo to start throwing the ball. Might be some PTSD from the Super Bowl he blew because he was throwing the ball. So I'm over here 100%. Give me the Dolphins. They have a revamped... De- their defensive front looks awesome. It, I know it beat up the Texans, and the Texans suck. But at least they have four or five deep on the, on the like up front to rush the passer. So I think they can make Jimmy Garoppolo uncomfortable. I don't think they completely make it miserable. But realistically, I think it's all on the Dolphins' offense. I think they can match whatever they do. Uh, and this is 100%. Like Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill are better versions of Brandon Ayuk and Devo Samuel, and I think that's just going to be the difference. I mean, I, I have Miami plus four, too. Uh, similar reasons, but I don't know necessarily enough about the defensive, you know, the, player, the teams that 
San Francisco has played. I know they've looked incredible. They have an incredible front seven. And I would say if there's a team that's going to scheme, out-scheme a front seven, it's going to be Mike McDaniels. Meaning, the guy already gets the ball out of to his hands every, you know, less than two seconds. How do you get rid of, or how do you stop a pass rush? Get the ball out of your hands as fast as possible. Okay, that's not very hard because that's Mike McDaniels' offense. Period. End of story. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that that's doing anything abnormal for them. Uh, I think their DBs are good. I don't think they're great. They've got, you know, um, Tafunga, which is a like a, uh, a, a, a Talanoa Tafunga, I think is his name. He's like a new Troy Polamalu, yeah. but he's a strong safety hitter, come up, punch you in the mouth. Well, that's not great when you've got a guy who's a 4-2, two, two four, three guys across from you because you're not as fast as them and you put them in space and it's hard to tackle them in space. Plain and simple. They're volume guys. Again, we just go back to fantasy. They're volume guys, but they're also volume guys for a reason, for just being good uh, good schematically. doesn't matter about fantasy football. Put those guys in space. Get it out of your hands quick. None of those things are abnormal. I would say the kryptonite for this type of defense is Mike McDaniel's offense. <laughs> I would say strong on strong. The opposite would be the Tennessee Titans versus the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco would crush them. But, you know, that's how I look at it. I think we're saying the same thing. I got Miami plus four here. Uh, I don't think this is going to be a boat race. But, you know, could I see them putting up some serious points? Yeah. And Elijah Mitchell out. Debo banged up. CMC potentially is out. George Kittle's around, fine. Ayuk's around, fine. But, by the way, side note, guess who has had less than, like, I think he's had out of the last, since CMC has been there, Debo Samuel has had one game over 10 points, I think. Did we or did we not say he's going to be cannibalized by CMC? 100%. Debo I Samuel. think our exact words were they play the exact same position. Yeah. <laughs> You literally watch them going back and forth, running, going into the slot, coming in the backfield, going to the slot, coming in the backfield. Uh, I think Debo is an incredible football player. That doesn't always translate to fantasy points. So CMC's got potentially some tendonitis in his patellar tendon. Like, it's not great either. Um, I don't know. I think a lot of signs point to Miami winning this game. Out of minimum covering. All right, let's go on your next pick then. Whatever you're feeling. Dealer's choice. Fine. We have separate. We are separate on this. Tell the fans why you have Jacksonville. This is a toss-up, by the way. Jacksonville and Detroit. It's a pick em. All right. Tell the fans why you have Jacksonville, and I'll tell you why they so have, first I have of Detroit. All, I love both these teams. If I had children... This would be me watching them play against each other in the front yard. I love... They, they are just so fun to watch. They are... I'm not going to say very well coached, but they just got all the good things that make for a great television product. Now, the difference here is that I get Trevor Lawrence and you get Jared Goff. And like you said to start the show, Jared Goff has been really good. But he doesn't, he doesn't add the pop. He doesn't add the exciting... He had DJ Chark open to beat the Bills, and he threw it 10 feet over his head. I, I know Trevor Lawrence has blown several fourth-quarter comebacks this year. However, he's the better quarterback. Detroit is the worst defense, surprisingly. I think it's close, but Detroit is the worst defense. Jacksonville is not good. But I still believe in them to make more plays, mostly because I don't think Jared Goff is good. So I think they'll force mistakes out of him. I think Jacksonville gets a couple more opportunities, and I really think this is just one of the fun ones to watch. I have the over in it, too. Lots of big plays going to happen. Amon Ross St. Brown's going to have a big game, I think. But at the end of the day, I'm trusting Trevor Lawrence to just do it better. I'm trusting Doug Peterson to, like, Doug Peterson and Dan Campbell are guys that love to go for it on fourth down, but I think Doug Peterson does a better job of drawing up the fourth down play. So 
little edges here, I think, go in Jacksonville's favor. Uh, and I'm really, like, this is real big bias, but I got this tiny bit of hope that Tennessee falls off a cliff and Jacksonville just sneaks into the playoffs in the AFC South. <laughs> I mean, I think I think we talked about Jacksonville sneaking in, sneakily being. Yeah, they they were fun. They were a fun wild card frisky team. Like they were the they were literally we called them. I think the Detroit Lions of the AFC is how we <laughs> refer to them. I mean, I, I have Detroit here almost exclusively because I just like Dan Campbell. I've been vocal about that. The guy can't win games, which is bad because this is a pick 'em. But I I think I saw enough last week that. This is total recency bias. Let's be real. This is not remembering the drubbing of 35-0 to 0 that the Patriots put on them earlier this year. This is forgetting that. This is remembering how they played the Bills literally last week, where, quite frankly, they should have beat the Bills last week. I, I, they, on Thanksgiving, they should have beat the Bills. I was shocked. You want to know what happens? Oh, I don't know. Hmm. That defense? Oh, hey. Let's just let, like, Stephon Diggs go right up the middle. Right up the middle for 60 yards when the game is tied 24-24. It was bad. Let's just let him up the middle. We have one rule. Don't let anybody get deeper than you. Here. All right. Let's just go back. Let's go back 60 yards away and leave the entire middle of the field wide open. By the way, they shut down Stephon Diggs. They shut down Stephon Diggs last week. Up until that point, the guy had a touchdown, but he had like he, four catches for 40 He yards. cried to his coach. He didn't cry, he, but he cried. Know, they, had, they had a tender moment, and it was captured. It looked like a Hallmark so, so, movie moment. It was, again, that's a whole other thing. Why do you see Madonna's? Uh, Madonna's, prima donnas. But, uh, so, totally recency bias. I get it. Jacksonville had an exciting win, but the reality is Jacksonville should have lost that game, and Detroit should have won this game. So, I'm going the other way. I think they actually get it done this week. And I think St. Brown just roasts them. DeAndre Swift is back. God, I cannot believe it. What a bust this year in fantasy. But anyways, I, I, I just good. think... That- and that's what pisses me off. He's so good at football. Every time I watch him go uh, the ball, I'm impressed. <laughs> I, every time he touches it, it's it's... Like, he could go to the house. And, and, the, and then you watch him, and he are. starts limping every time he gets up, and you're like, yeah, yeah, you got to limit this guy's touches. <laughs> and here, here we are. Jamal Williams has 13 or 14 touchdowns this year, uh, and 11 of them are within the two-yard line. And, my, again, My dad couldn't know, be at our fantasy know. football draft, so I did. Yeah. Like, my brother was drafting his team. They were on opposite ends, and then, like, he was in the bathroom for a pick, so I made one. It happened to be Jamal Williams in, like, the 11th <laughs> round. I'm like, okay, I could have waited five picks, got him myself, won the league, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but uh, again, Nate, listen, uh, that goes against all analytics, all, every stat that you could ever do. Never bet on touchdowns, and yet here we are betting on Jamal Williams to get a touchdown, and guess what? Jamal Williams is getting a touchdown. Uh, I mean, his, his longest touchdown is 51 yards this year, and it's 12, and I think it's 7, and then it's one, two, one, 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 one. Don't bet on that. That is an awful, if you bet on that, you will lose your fantasy every year except for this one. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's crazy. He's going to be a top 10 running back this year, almost exclusively based off of touchdowns against all stats, statistical odds. All right. So let's go on to back to where we agree. Mike White, believers, baby. Talked him up in the beginning of the show. Hall of Famer. His name is in the Hall of Fame. Don't just think I'm throwing out stuff. There's a plate that says, like, best, or is it most yards uh, in your yeah. first start ever at 400. At 400. Yeah. Uh, so, Jets plus three. Why are you going with the Jets? Man, I'm, I'm not even going to talk about this. I think the answer would probably be in every show that we've ever had. I don't believe in Kirk Cousins, but... <laughs> Right across from your Joe Burrow button, it's don't I'll, vote for Kirk. <laughs> I'll, I'll, go, I'll go somewhere else with this. Uh, they have uh, a very, I would say, a top five to seven defense. And they have something that's unique, which is two potential, one that is easily the top 
two shutdown corner in the NFL already as a rookie, and that's Sauce Gardner. So he's the probably number one cornerback per PFF. He he's probably. I don't know. I haven't watched enough of their defense specifically to see if he travels. If I'm if I'm them, I'm having him travel. I'm having him travel with Justin Jefferson. Let's make it a boat race. Let's see what happens. You run against me, I'll run against you. Let's go one-on-one. And there will be enough times where I think Kirk Cousins is going to do a lot of stupid stuff where it's going to be third and short, third and long, third and medium, third down period, and he's going to get pressure and he's just going to look for his blanket. And Jefferson's going to win some, but I think I think Sauce is going to win some too. One of them is going to be a turnover. And by the way, they have another top 10 rated corner in DJ Reader. DJ, DJ Reed. Reed. DJ Reed. Richard Ryan Reed. I can't remember his name. Yeah. We're talking another top 10 corner on the other side. And Thielen's good, but he's not anywhere what he was. He's lost a step. Period. He's just lost a step. And I'm, I'm just not in it. Salah has a good defense. I think this is a total owed to the Jets' defense, and less on Mike White. I think Mike White has the ability to be Taylor Heineke and win games that way, and just don't flinch. Hey, swing away. You got nothing to lose, kid. Swing away. Zach Wilson was afraid to take shots. You got the yips. By the way, Zach Wilson, see you never. Enjoy your time off. You are not playing in the NFL anymore. You're going to be Josh Rosen. Probably one so, of our, like, like if T. Higgins is up there as being an elite receiver, since the beginning of the show, we said get rid of Zach Wilson. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that would be another one that we were right on. And it's not even close. We called that one. Literally, we called that one. I, I'm trying to think of, of things that we've held on to that we were wrong about. And Stafford yeah. winning the Super Bowl last year is the one that really bit us. Yeah. But 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 for, uh, Rashad, I, I, Rashad White I, taking over. Rashad White was a big is a big one. Well, I'm, I'm thinking like things we typically say like and can, like stand with across a year typically end up going well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. T. Higgins was one of them. And by the way, going back to that, we specifically said T. Higgins could be a number one in just about any other offense. Mm-hmm. Period. End of story. And be an elite one in any other in any other offense. But pre playoffs last year, watch out. <laughs> Yeah. All right, off topic. <laughs> Anyways, Mike, I think all Mike White has to do, swing away, do not get the yips, let it rip. You got Garrett Wilson, you got Elijah Moore, surprise, surprise. I mean, yes, I get it, he was playing the Bears last week, but was also playing the Bears in like a monsoon. So he didn't really have very much, very many mistakes in a monsoon last week against the Bears in his first start. Put up 31. That's pretty good. So, I'm in. I, I, and they're getting points here. They're getting points here. Yeah, so my big thing here is, one, like you just said, Mike White does what... Uh, he, he gets the ball to the good receivers. Like, they, the Jets have poured money into this receiving core from Corey Davis. Like, Corey Davis was a free agent signing. Then they drafted Elijah Moore. Then they drafted Garrett Wilson. They have Braxton um, Berrios. Like, um, yeah, they... Uh, Michael Carter is a solid running back. They they have poured money into this offense, and Zach Wilson cannot make it work because he doesn't put the ball. He doesn't run the offense. He he looks for the big play. He takes the shot. And Mike White just ran the offense, and it worked really well last week. Uh, so I really think that Vikings will not push you uh, the way most teams will. They won't come out and be like the Chiefs and be like, "Hey, we're going to have 14 points," you know, by midway through the second quarter. You got to keep up. They're willing to pound Dalvin Cook into the middle of your defensive line until it gets, you know, out of hand, uh, which I really think plays into the Jets' favor because they have a better defense. And, uh, you know, you got you got to try to push it to Justin Jefferson, even with Sauce Gardner covering him. Uh, so I'm just over here like, if you let the Jets play this and milk the clock, then plus three, even though it's a road game, I'm liking them. The Vikings, Kirk Cousins has won way too many close games for him to keep doing it. So let's go. Let's go, Mike White. I still believe in the Vikings t- to go to the Super Bowl. I said that at the beginning of the year, and right now it doesn't look <laughs> bad. All right, let's go on. Um, we'll do my next pick, just because I don't know whose turn it is. Washington, minus two and a half against the Giants. So for weeks, Connor, you were making money off the Giants, left and right, because 
they were winning football. It burned me, okay? And then I let all, I, well, I, I haven't. Well, I was going to say, so because they were playing winning football, and they, we all knew they weren't a good team, and they weren't doing things statistically correctly, and you, you always oh. wondered, like, how Vegas didn't kill them. And it's because. They didn't actually, they didn't burn me. They had a cover with 20 seconds left on Thanksgiving. Oh, that's true. <laughs> and so, I, I, in my mind, that ingrained that they had burned me, but I still made money off of them. This was on Thanksgiving. They needed to cover nine and a half. I hit and that they too. Scored with eighteen seconds left. Uh, so that's what I remember. I'm still making money off the Giants. All right. So so my point is, last week they needed two interceptions at the goal line against the Cowboys to cover. Like they looked so bad. I think they're coming down to earth. I think their coaching advantage is finally, you know, it's getting caught up to them. Where people are like, okay, this is how they're playing us. We just have to be ready for it. I think Washington gets Chase Young back, and I can't state, like, can you just imagine a team, like, I don't know, getting their number one receiver back despite being a top five offense? It'd be ridiculous, right? Well, that's what the commander's defense is when they add back in Chase Young to an already great defense that's playing phenomenally. So I think they're going to come out. The Giants, it's obvious. They need to fix their offense that isn't named Saquon Barkley. So sucks for them. It is it's the situation Brian Dable's in. He's earned the right to coach for them for the next two or three years based on his first seven games here already. Uh so I am happy for him and happy for the Giants' future. However, on Sunday, I am riding with the commanders. In the last seven weeks, they have the best record in the NFL, period. No one else is six and one in that time. So I am riding with them. Taylor Heineke, great offensive weapons. Great defense. I love this team. Yeah, see, I'm I, I'm not betting against them. I'm just not betting for them either. <laughs> I'm also not betting against Brian Dable because, hey, he may end up losing this game by one. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm I just think forty and a half is a is a pretty low mar- low number. It feels low to me, especially for uh, wild card for, quarterbacks. You know what I mean? For wild card quarterbacks for a guy that will sling it. Um, like Heineke, and he'll take shots. I think he's going to hit some shots here because if you think about it, I think Wink Martindale kind of is a bend but don't break type offense, which is fine. But I think that that means they'll move the ball down the field, and then what you'll see is you got to have the ability for crazy enough. Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson have been pretty darn good the last couple weeks. And Ron Riverboat Ron's going to run the ball, so I think they move it down the field, and I think they get it within the twenty, and they just pound it. And I think that that is what Wink may or may not be very good at. Think about it. What happened against Dallas? Dallas got two touchdowns, one or two touchdowns from Zeke pounding the ball. Tony Pollard looked good. They pounded the ball. They got it within. They took. Chances with C.D. Lamb down the uh, that didn't score long touchdowns, but they didn't give up the huge play. But they dinked and dunked it 15, 27, 8, 15, 27, 8 yard passes, and then they pounded the ball. I think that's going to be what's going to happen here. And I think they score more 21 and 21. Yeah, I I, I think that that's going to be. I think it's going to end up being something along something. You know, 24, 27-24 type of game rather than a 21-20 or 21-21 type of game. Turnover perm quarterbacks lean to the over, right? Because, you know, they just... Yeah, absolutely. All right. Absolutely. And Danny Jones is, well, you know, he's Dan Jones. All right. We're coming up short on time, so I'm just going to fly through my next pick and then let you go on yours. So, Chargers versus Raiders. Listen, minus one and a half Chargers. The Raiders aren't good. I'm tired of people thinking they're good. Josh Jacobs is going to run through this defense, but I still... Chargers burned me last week. They were the only pick I got wrong, and I still believe Josh Jacobs, he can get 150 yards and two touchdowns for all I care. But Justin Herbert, I, I don't know. Maybe I fell in love because I got to watch more football this weekend with fourth quarter comebacks, and I bought my Trevor Lawrence stock. I bought my uh, Justin Herbert stock. Let's go. He's gonna. He's, yeah. it, it's gonna be neck and neck, and he's gonna come out with the game-winning play. When he plays, it just looks so good. This line, by the way, Josh Jacobs uh, was questionable. 
which is insane to me, for he had 60 fantasy points. He was questionable coming into this game with a calf strain. Supposedly, he hurt it again late in the game and toughed it out. They are not going to have him practice this week, and they are potentially just going to roll him out there on the day of the game, or they're going to sit in period. So you have a good chance of this line moving, especially if Josh Jacobs is out, period. So you might have hit the jackpot here. Grabbing it early. By betting early. So I'm with you. All right, you go. Tennessee. Against the Eagles? Mike Rabel. That's it. That's all you need to know. Go back and look last year. Mike Rabel will play up, and he will play down to his competition. Should they have beat the Bengals last week? Yeah, probably. Seriously, 20-16? to 16? Should have beat them. I, I mean, you have a tough-as-nails defense. You have a smash-mouth defense. You're limited by your offense. Fine. What do you do? Run the ball. Hmm, that's crazy. Who just beat the brakes off of um, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, who hasn't been relevant since week one, ran wild for like 150 or 200 yards on the Eagles last week. That's not Derrick Henry. When Aaron Rodgers had a broken thumb and they knew he couldn't throw. So, I, the, again, another recency bias pick here, but five and a half points after, not see, or after seeing the Eagles it torched in the first half, even the first three quarters, with the running game from Green Bay Packers, who have sucked all year pretty much on the ground. It's supposed to be this great offensive one-two punch, and they have not been good on the ground at all. I, I'm, I'm definitely taking the Tennessee offensive line over Philly's offensive line or defensive line. Now, the only caveat is the Eagles get Jordan Davis back this week. He's off IR. That ginormous behemoth of a man is going to be in the middle this week. I still think five and a half is a lot. I still think if anybody's going to do it, it's five and a half against a guy who just coaches to his opponent. Like you said, coaches to his opponent. I like it actually because the Eagles the Eagles haven't looked good. If Jay like if Jalen hurts, if you don't give him free yards. He hasn't played well. Their passing game has taken a huge step back since Dallas Goddard is out of the lineup. I think that is something that's not been talked about a bunch. It's like they have three great receivers, but for whatever reason, you take one away and it's a big problem. Um, so I do By not. The way, I sold AJ Brown for Chris Olave and Amon Ross St. Brown in fantasy. That's, Wonder if that was that good. That's money. Was that good? Really Nate, what did I say? Buy volume. Buy volume. Don't buy touchdowns. A.J. Brown had been pretty much propped up for three games off touchdowns. All right, let's go. Last pick, I have Casey for Cincinnati over 52.5. We just talked about how the Chief, the Bengals don't have corners. And the Chiefs' DBs are getting all into it on, on social media. They're like, yeah, we're going to be shutting down the, the Bengals. And you know what? You're not. That's not going to happen. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are too good. Tyler Boyd, too good. I'm so excited for this game. I can't wait to watch it. I looked up tickets. I found I could be run one row up at the 50-yard line right behind the uh, Chiefs. Right? There's two tickets available. Would have cost $1,300. So I hopped on my phone, and I looked up prices for Browns tickets. And I saw Browns versus Ravens. One row up, $400. Yep. <laughs> Just wanted to get a real comparison in my mind into how expensive those tickets were. So I am not going to the game. I'm going to be sitting warm on my couch watching my red zone, but I'm still very excited. This should also be a Sunday night game, but Mahomes is going to shred the pathetic DBs. Eli Apple, get ready to be getting spun around by, I hope Kadarius Tony is back. If not, like, but Marquez Valdez-Scantling will run by you. Sky Moore has been involved in this offense and looking good. And then, of course, there's Travis Kelsey. These guys aren't going to stop each other. You play defense starting in the playoffs. You don't. These are these are both playoff teams. They're not going to show their hands and how they're going to over scheme and try to win right now. So, I am. Elvin Butterfingers Gordon. What? 
Wait, what? You didn't know this? No, what? It's Melvin, not- Melvin Gordon plays on the Chiefs now. They they claimed him. Yeah. He's not he's not Melvin- gonna play. Isaiah Pacheco's way better. <laughs> I don't know. They signed him early in the week. It was like on Monday. Yeah. They claimed him on Monday. Yeah, remember when they signed Le'Veon Bell and people thought they were gonna use him? <laughs> all right, but all I'm saying is that leads to the over because Melvin is gonna fumble on the six. <laughs> <laughs> not the opponent six his own points. six points ah <laughs> uh, all right that concludes all of our picks all of our analysis anything else oh mate submitting questions get your boys to submit questions we'll give them a shout out and i'm telling and you and winning advice and we'll give you good advice. number one advice in fantasy Play the team that scores the fewest points. It's a guaranteed victory every time. <laughs> also, if we're wrong, it doesn't matter, okay? We are not getting paid to do this, okay? So, if you want real advice, go to somebody who gets paid. And if we are right, then we're way better than those that get paid. Period. Start giving us tips if we're right, and then you can yell at us because we're getting paid. All right. Then, then it matters. Ah, uh, all right. Thank you so much for listening. Please like, comment, subscribe. I should say that sooner in the video, but we're we're done. Thanks. <laughs>